In this bulletin, federal court hearings in Torres Strait are landmark case about the impacts of climate change. Industry leaders voice their opposition to the same job, same pay reform. And the Taliban leadership invites Australia to come investigate war crimes in Afghanistan. is today due to hold hearings in the Torres Strait in a potentially landmark case about the impact of climate change on island communities. In October 2021, Uncle Pabai Pabai and Uncle Paul Kabai from the islands of Boigu and Saibai filed the case against the Australian government for failing to prevent climate change. Traditional owners argue the homes of people in the Torres Strait could disappear beneath the rising seas, making them Australia's first climate change refugees. The federal court is to hold hearings on Boigu, Badu and Saibai Islands in the Torres Straits and also in Keynes. Both elders are expected to give evidence on the climate harms experienced by their communities on the front line of what they say is Australia's impending climate disaster. Members of the court will also tour the islands to witness the climate damage already affecting cultural sites, food supplies, homes and ways of life. Earlier last week, a ceremony was held to mark a significant milestone, the 31st anniversary of the Torres Strait Island flag. A special service was held to commemorate the flag's designer, the late Bernard Marmok Sr., his flag symbolizing the unity and identity of all Torres Strait Islanders was the winning entry in a design competition run in 1992. The same year, the flag was officially presented to the people of the Torres Strait Islands at that year's Winds of Senate Festival. Mr. Namok's son, Mr. Bernard Namok Jr., says he is proud of the way the flag brings everyone together. Every anniversary of the Torres Strait flag, you see the support from not only our people, but the visitors of this place as well. And um, you can't do anything but just smile and, I guess, you know, be proud because the flag united everybody and it shows today. A news poll survey suggests that support for the Indigenous Voice proposal has the backing of fewer than half of all Australian voters. Results of the poll show 46% of all voters support the voice to parliament with 43%, while 43% are opposed and 11% are undecided. The survey asked 1,549 voters across the country and was conducted between the 31st of May and the 3rd of June. It was the first news poll survey to present respondents with the exact question that will be on the ballot paper when the referendum is held later this year. The poll was conducted for the Australian Daily Newspaper. Major employer groups have joined forces to oppose the next phase of the federal government's industrial relations reforms. The reform seeks to close a loophole that allows companies to pay hired contractors for less than workers doing the same job even after negotiating a pay rate. The eight industry groups representing hundreds of businesses say that the same job, same pay reform is a retrograde policy that will slow down the creation of jobs. Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry CEO Andrew McKellar says the new policies will cause a devaluation of qualified employees. really removes 
fairness and it removes uh, opportunity. It means that uh, you know an employee uh, with different skills, with different experience, uh, with different qualifications will be um, paid the same as somebody um, who has uh, less of those qualities uh, than they do. Um, it means that for businesses, uh, it restricts their opportunity uh, to take on more employees uh, and to create more jobs. The federal government is prepared to consider further action against consultancy firm PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, once a police investigation is carried out. Talking about the conduct of PwC in using classified treasury advice for commercial gain, Treasurer Jim Chalmers calls it a substantial breach of faith. The Treasury Department has referred the conduct of the firm to the Australian Federal Police. However, Dr. Chalmers says the government would consider whether other options would be needed following the police investigation. A senior Taliban spokesperson has invited Australian officials to travel to Afghanistan and investigate allegations of war crimes committed by Australian troops. Afghan-Australian lawyer Arezo Zosafi told SBS Pashto the government should be cautious in accepting the Taliban's invitation and that any engagement would put alleged victims at risk. It is unsafe to give them financial compensation because they will be primary targets of the Taliban who are money-hungry at this stage. They'll come looking for them, kill them, persecute them and obtain those monies. The Afghan-Australian lawyer has commended Australia for being the only nation to investigate allegations of war crimes in Afghanistan, saying it shows the experiences of civilian victims do matter. According to the United Nations, the Taliban killed more civilians than any other force during the 20-year conflict in Afghanistan. In Russia, protests took place across the country to mark the birthday of Alexei Navalny, one of the country's most prominent opposition leaders who has been in jail since 2021. Protesters celebrated Mr. Navalny's 47th birthday and many were talking against the war in Ukraine. Russian police say they arrested 109 people over 23 cities in the country linked to the opposition figure's birthday celebrations. Alexei Navalny is serving a sentence of 11 and a half years in prison on charges of fraud that he claims are politically motivated. Mr. Navalny expressed himself on a video call. In order to extend his own personal power, Putin is tormenting a neighboring country, killing people there. And now he is throwing into this meat mincer of a war a huge number of Russian citizens who should be living a normal life and taking care of their families. Therefore, it was already a crime, and now it has become a much bigger crime. In neighboring Ukraine, Russian forces bombed the, the Dnipro area in the center of the country overnight. Russia claims it hit an aerodrome and military installations with a precision strike. Ukraine authorities reported 22 people injured, including five children, after two residential buildings were hit. A two-year-old child was also killed in the strike. United States Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has called China's actions irresponsible after an incident involving a Chinese destroyer nearly coming in contact with U.S. and Canadian warships in the Taiwan Straits. The U.S. Indo-Pacific Command says the U.S. and Canadian ships were operating routinely and under high seas freedoms.
The U.S. guided missile destroyer and the Canadian frigate were conducting training exercises when the Chinese warship came as close as 100 meters to them as they transited the strait. The U.S. Navy has accused the Chinese destroyer of making unsafe maneuvers. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says China must be judged by its actions. In those days, I mean, we were talking to uh, the PRC, and, and it was still very difficult to, uh, to manage that crisis. Imagine now if something happens and we don't have clear communications, how difficult that's going to be and what could, what could happen in, a, in the short term. So it's interesting to always hear what they say, but uh, I think we have to judge them by what they're actually doing, and that dangerous activity uh, continues. Canadian Defence Minister Anita Anand says Canada will continue to sell what international law allows, including the Taiwan Strait, and called for everyone to engage responsibly. Back home, the Board of High Speed Rail Authority will formally begin operating on the 13th of June and will be chaired by Jill Rosso. The appointment was announced by Infrastructure Minister Catherine King after what she called a merit-based process to select the new members of the authority. The government set up the authority to oversee the development of a high-speed rail network on the East Coast. The body will be responsible for fast trains connecting Sydney to Newcastle and Melbourne to Brisbane. Ms. Russo is currently the Infrastructure Executive Director at IFM Investors and a board member of the Port of Brisbane. Minister King says each of the other board members had extensive qualifications, knowledge and experience to make high-speed trains in Australia a reality. And to sport in tennis, world number three Novak Djokovic has inched closer to a record-breaking 23rd Grand Slam title after reaching the quarterfinals at Roland Garros for the record 17th time. The Serbian will play Karen Hachanov, Hachanov in the quarterfinals. He advanced after a straight sets win, 6-3, 6-2, 6-2 over Juan Pablo Varias, the first Peruvian in 29 years to reach a Grand Slam fourth round. Djokovic says he's looking forward to the chance to create Grand Slam history. Well, I'm proud of it, but uh, my attention is already in the next uh, next match. I mean, obviously quarterfinals, Kachanov. Um, I know what my goal is here, so I'm trying to stay mentally the course and, of course, not look, look too far. But um, obviously the performance of today gives me a great deal of confidence about how I felt, about how I played. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next match. And now having a look at the weather around the country. Broom, sunny 26, Perth, showers increasing 18 degrees. Adelaide, a shower 219. Melbourne, partly cloudy 19. Hobart, mostly sunny 15. Albury, Wodonga, mostly cloudy 16. Canberra, cloudy 15. Wollongong, a shower 218 degrees. Sydney, cloudy 19. Newcastle, much the same 21. Brisbane, showers 22. Townsville, partly cloudy 27. Keynes, a shower 228. Alice Springs, mostly sunny 28, Darwin sunny 31, and the Torres Strait Islands are partly cloudy day and a top of 30 degrees. And that is an ITV Radio News.